Hey. You talk and talk, but you still haven't answered this. What kind of music you like? Knock, knock, motherfucker. Ha, ha, fucking ha. Those stories are all lies. That's wrong. Ask me if I give a shit. <laughs> the head is one big pile of shit. Chicken ain't nothing but a bird. All right, everybody, welcome to uh, another episode of the Silver Emotion Podcast. My name is Will. I'm Stephen, and uh, we're here. Uh, on episode number 100. <laughs> Ooh, 100. <laughs> yeah, f- fucking A. It's yeah. going strong. Going strong, yeah. About I did two the years uh, into this. Yeah, pr- yeah, probably. I don't yeah, I don't know. Almost. It was about uh, 52 weeks a year we've been doing it. We missed a few I, weeks maybe. That, that's true. That's true, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I I know I started closing a, in a while back. Yeah, I did 20 no, I did the first 29 by myself and then you've you jumped on on 30 so you've done uh 71 of these things all right (laughs) or or you're about to do your 71st we're in it 71 yeah how's it feel you feel like you've done 70 of these fucking things (laughs) jesus christ yeah well uh today we're gonna talk about uh a very well-respected anime, Princess Mononoke. <laughs> That's what we were supposed to watch, right? <laughs> That's what I watched. <laughs> no? Yeah, no? Yeah, oh, okay. No, I, I mean, I've seen that movie enough and recently yeah, you, enough that I, I could throw down on that if you want. I definitely could not. <laughs> uh, it's been a while. Um, all, all I remember is that it's fucking awesome. But that's about all I remember. Um no, we're talking about a, an anime series from 2007 called Mononoke. Yeah. And uh it's uh it's an anthology series. Yeah, kind of uh but kind of uh centered on we, we got a main character who kinda, Right, yeah, it's an anthology around this one guy. Yeah, so he kind of wanders around Japan kind of ancient japan but kind of sometimes not ancient it's kind of weird timeline wise it's hard to put but yeah well there's uh i imagine it's like the wong fei hung era where there's there's the old world and there's the the industrial shit coming in like the yeah the trains because uh all is there is there technology in the first three or is it just that train at the end i think it's just the train that's like the, i think that's the only kind of industrial anything that yeah yeah gets I think mentioned so. anywhere in there and yeah. so i kind of when that showed up i kind of got this feeling that it had like this guy's been around for like centuries and like yeah but then it like it throws some weirdness because there's the girl on the boat 
episodes. Girl on the Boat. And she mentions that she's seen this guy before and that he solved the goblin cat mystery, which is the last one on the train. I, I have the answer to that, but if, and, you, if you don't know. but I was kind of like, oh, wow, because this one really feels like it's set in like an ancient time period. Yes. And the train feels like very modern, like 20th century time period. It does. And so I was like, wow, that's really like inconclusive and you can draw. I'm sure all sorts of random conclusions from it if you feel like it. but You could, but there is an actual explanation that I can give. Because it seems like you don't, uh, you don't know the actual explanation. No, no, I don't. Okay, well, Mononoke, I learned this from, from uh, the internet. Ooh. Mononoke is a spin-off series from another series, which is also a horror anthology series. Okay, but I knew of that. Okay. I knew that there was this previous older okay. anime series that it was somehow related to. Yeah, it's called and Ayakashi Samurai yeah, yeah. Horror Stories or something. Yeah. And so there's three stories in that. The first two are unrelated, just random stories. The third one features the medicine seller uh, star of the Mononoke series, and it, it is him uh, taking on the goblin cat. Yeah. So and it has the previous Goblin Cat. Yes, okay. it has a, it has the same name of episodes, Bakaneko or whatever it is. Right. And uh, same exact title, but I read the synopsis of that earlier one, and it is definitely not <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> okay. So that girl is maybe in that one as well. Okay, because that one kind of yeah that. that. That actually would make some sense because it's clearly yeah. like the same girl in the Mononoke Goblin Cat because there's that same girl. She's got the mole under her eye, just like has the same personality. Oh, okay. So because there's a girl, that girl in oh, both yeah, of them is like that's true. she's the same character. And that's true. Yeah, she is. That girl is drawn weird, and so it's like unique. So. I don't know, maybe it's like her descendant or just someone very similar, just kind yeah. of to parallel it. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, and they show the cat at the beginning of that one, and it like has a fucked up ear. And I imagine, because there's something about, doesn't he say even at the end of that where it's just like, we can't get rid of the the Mononoke, we just like stop them for a time yeah, or something. Like banish them. Yeah. Them. Like, I get the feeling from his explanations that the Mononoke are just things that live outside of the real world. They're in some other dimension, so to speak, yeah. and that they occasionally slip into our own world and they're not supposed to be here, so he sends them back to their own world. And he's not really destroying them. He's kind of exercising them. He's banishing yeah. them back to... Blasting them back with his yeah. magic sword. Yeah, he, do he, he doesn't have any malice against them. They're just not supposed to be here. Yes. It's, yeah, he, no, he's just doing like, his job. Yeah, it's, a, it's like finding a raccoon in your garage. <laughs> you, you don't necessarily want to hurt the thing. You just want it out of your house. It's not supposed to be in your house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Anyway, what I was going to say is that they show that the, the cat with the fucked up ear, and I imagined, like, oh, maybe he fucks up that cat's ear <laughs> in the first one. But uh, probably not. Yeah, I have a feeling that's a different cat. Yeah. But, but yeah. 
Yeah, good old Bakken Echo. Yeah. A, that is a, a word that I've seen at various times in various anime. It's, yeah, I know Neko is cat. Yeah, Neko is cat, and Bake is uh, kind of an abbreviation of Bakemono, which is, is a word that is often used, and usually, usually I see it shouted as an exclamation um, by somebody who's really pissed off at somebody doing a dick move. Um, okay. And, like, specifically, like, Somebody will just be some crazed serial killer, and the victims will call him a bakemono, a monster, basically. Okay. So it generally kind of implies some kind of bestial attributes of monstrous, raging yeah. animal something. So abbreviating that and attaching it to cat is also kind of a common usage of it to okay. refer to a kind of a cat monster kind of a thing. Cat monster. Goblin cat. Yeah, so they translated as goblin cat. Works well enough. Yeah. Um, Beast cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of, and it tends to crop up a lot in puns of cat girls. Okay. Like if there's a cat girl like Nuku Nuku running around doing yeah. cat like things and also being kind of cruel and mischievous or un just annoying someone, you may call them Bake Neko. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> cat monster doing yeah yeah i get things. that so okay. it's 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 often used in reference to cat girls in anime as well when they're being obnoxious to a particular character yeah a lot of cat girls there, there are a lot of cat girls it's just yeah i don't know I, I guess there's even a cat girl in this sort of the goblin cat itself in this one is uh, yeah yeah i suppose so <laughs> not quite in the same not not in the normal sense same of, sense uh, yeah yeah but uh the cat girl in general is a common anime character type. So how do you want to do this? Do you want to go story by story or just kind of oh. float around like the medicine seller? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I do think we kind of just need to address the, the art style of it. which The is, art style? Which is just the total identity of the series almost. is. Yeah. And runs through the like the every episode of it is just stylistically like i've I've never seen anything else quite like this, so it's, no, it's unique, it's unique it tries um in, in in i mean it's it's attempting at some level to look like paintings or right. at least to to i mean not completely, but there isn't uh an attempt to like replicate certain art styles in backgrounds and right, things like that, right? Especially like ancient Japanese wall scroll kind of right, things. stuff like that. Like, yeah, I don't know enough about each style because there's yeah, lots yeah. of styles. It, it seems to just stuff, be like this kind of just hodgepodge of older art styles in general. There seem to be some Picasso going on in there, in, yeah, in one of the se sections, but. Like there's always those like doors closing. Yeah, kind of like you know, the the paper walls, you know, right. paper doors or whatever. It's kind of a. It's not that I'm particularly familiar with them. That these kind of older art styles either. It just kind of feels like it's taking a lot from Japanese theater, like yeah, live theater performances from before. Uh, television and animation were a thing, but. 
kabuki or no theater or something it seems to draw a lot from that yeah there is that one guy with all the masks mm-hmm. isn't that a, a no theater thing where they have the masks and stuff or is that yeah, a different yeah. kind of theater <coughs> i think that's no theater yeah yeah something of... like that one of those has has all the different masks so there's that one guy with the mask i don't remember what which one was that i was trying to think of it must be the first one is it the first um, one? No, I think it's the third one. It's the third one? Is it the third it's one? The guy, it's about the woman in prison. The woman in prison. She's like going to be executed. Oh, wait, are there more than four? I keep thinking there's, there's five, four. There's, there's five, five stories. There's five. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I, I brought the box so that's we could... That's right. Uh, yeah, the first one was... Oh, yeah, the first one was the one in the hotel. Yeah, and then and then the boat... Then the boat, and then and there's then the, the woman tea in the, the prison. Service is the woman in prison tea service train. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess it's not really the tea one. It's the the aroma enthusiast. Oh, ones. right, right, yeah. right. The incense service. Yes, yeah. I'm. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, kind of, kind of similar in nature to a tea ceremony, but. Yeah, yeah, no, I read all about it. It's it's a real thing, and it's it's like because uh, I had previously known about tea services and the ceremonies and the preparation being this whole big thing, and then right, but uh, yeah, and they introduce it as an incense thing, and so oh okay, so I read all about it, and there's all these games just like they do in the in the show based around the mm-hmm. tale of Genji and. They have to identify things based on chapters of the book and all this stuff, <laughs> just like they do in the, in the thing. It was really cool. Yeah. I got very into that, and I started reading about that tale of Genji, and it's at some some people consider it the first novel or, right, or right. one representation of the first novel and all kinds of stuff. I was like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. Yeah, I'd, I'd known about the tale of Genji, <laughs> so I was not super delving into it because i already know knew a little bit about it but oh, yeah. okay i kind of figured that the incense burning was a real thing but hadn't really yeah it seems like a real thing yeah yeah it seemed real enough and like eh, it could be real but i'm a fan of incense so mm. so it's uh i can't really do it a lot because i uh it fucks with my my lungs like uh, mm. i can't breathe <laughs> <laughs> but i really enjoy it and it's uh <clears throat> I don't know. I like it. Uh, so it, I don't know. I get fascinated by certain things like that. Mm. A lot. Of, it's like that when I watch Hong Kong movies a lot too. It, it happens with Japanese stuff too, where like I'll watch ten minutes and then it'll be like, "Oh fuck, what is that?" And then I'll immediately <laughs> just like dive in. Yeah, sometimes that'll just go off on tangents on that too, kind of stuff. Yeah, it's bad because it. That's what. I mean, it makes me, sometimes it takes me a long time to watch something because I'm just like trying to like, like it happens a lot with Shaw Brothers movies because I know I'm going to write a review and I usually mm. try to ground it in some sort of historical context if it's a thing based on something. So then as soon as I identify like, okay, 
fuck, this is this is based on something, and now I got to learn about this thing so that right. I can kind of properly understand what the movie's trying to do with it. And yeah, I don't know. On top of having properly contextualizing the movie in terms of when it came out compared to other movies. <laughs> yeah, well, I can do that pretty well. I don't really yeah. have to think too much yeah, about that. At this point, you've kind of got that nailed. But. Yeah, well, yeah, because I, I don't know. Not that I'm great or anything. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I, I'm sure other people could do it far superior to whatever i do but um just in watching all of those movies in a row in a very controlled way like you Mm -hmm. just naturally like and especially because it's taken me a long time like many years when i think back to the 60s movies they were a long time ago (laughs) to me (laughs) and and they feel like stylistically like wow yeah i haven't seen something like that since the, the fucking late 60s and it's a long time ago for me. I don't know. It's it's uh it's pretty easy for me to keep track of it in that way. Yeah. Because um, it's just I don't know. I'm into it, so. Yeah. <laughs> I never really fall out of interest with that stuff. So yeah, this this uh, five stories. Did we identify five stories. Yeah. Yeah. Five different stories. Five stories. All with the same guy. Yep. Kind of. He doesn't have a name, does he? No, no. He's he's just a medicine seller. Yeah. With a crazy magic sword that has a mouth on the hilt that bites down on whatever it is. Yeah, I like that. It was a a lovely little effect of every time he he says, like, oh, I've identified this, and the mouth just has this... Bites, Bites has this crazy grin on his face, like, yeah! (laughs) I like that. And and the sword itself is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I actually did a review of it a few years ago. Oh, that's right. You wrote a thing about this. It was really hard to get, like, a screenshot that kind of captured oh, yeah. the sword in a way that made any kind of sense visually on, as just a still image. Yeah, they don't show it. Yeah, they don't show it very often. And then when they do, it's like in this weird psychedelic yeah. kind of... Well, and they don't really show it like much more. Like they don't necessarily show him holding it or anything. Yeah, it's more of so like just, yeah. yeah, finding a shot of it in, with enough context to really know what you're looking at, right? Just as a single image on its own was not easy to do. <laughs> it was like, dang, what do I get from this? To right, but yeah, it's a cool sword. Just the way it like floats around, or the way he's just even the way he just holds it and swings it around and stuff, even when it's not unsheathed well yeah where he just like holds it out and stuff like that's cool that's the only time do they even have him really holding it much because it seems kind of like when he pulls it out he transitions along with the sword but he's not actually transitioning it's like an out-of-body sort of experience where he's joining with the sword's essence or some shit yeah it's like like a second version of him appears yeah and and sometimes they kind of interact with each other it was kind of like there's just so much weird going on with it that's yeah so it's like his soul is drawing it or something and it sounds kind of dumb to just say shit like that like it visually it it's cool and it's well done but it's uh 
it has no know. explanation, so we're just kind of fumbling with a... No, and I don't want an explanation. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think cool it needs it. The way it's, it just, is. it's just like, whoa, he's doing cool shit. Yeah. And it looks awesome. What, what well, more like, do I want? The first time that they show that the golden dude, like, I don't even know that I knew it was him. I was just like, who the fuck is this guy now? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like you don't know what's going on. It's just there's crazy psychedelic shit. And... Yeah. You kind of got to roll with it, and it's just accept it as it exists. Right. Yeah, no, Yeah. we were talking about the art style. There, it's very psychedelic in terms of colors, um, but yet it's also colored well enough to where things are distinct. Right. It's not like, I mean, characters stand out from the backgrounds, and you know, you can see what the fuck is going on, but it's also like intensely multicolored. Right, like the, like the incense burning one, where it's like it's all. Like, I loved it's that. Al- it's yeah. not really black and white, but it's very muted. Yeah, and then each character has like one thing that's really brightly colored. Like the one guy has his little mask nose thing that's yeah. really bright, and the other dude's hat is really bright. But then they like sniff the incense, and the whole world just fills with color. Right, which is like holy crap. As soon as I saw it, they were talking about incense, and they were all muted colors. Like, oh, if they don't smell incense and like breathe color into themselves i'm I'm shutting this shit off if they don't do that i mean it's like it's set up to be yeah perfect and they did it and i was very happy uh, i I love the samurai guy sniffing it and it's just like the nothing happens because he's just like totally oblivious to how any of it works right like eventually sniffs one it's like his forehead starts glowing like what the hell is this (laughs) which I, I thought that was a nice little touch that he's this guy that's just totally not a part of this culture right, of right, and the he's incense. just trying to sneak in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. the The last one has its own kind of art style too. Yeah, it's it's, it's not as psychedelic at all. It's more that's normal. that's where it gets like the background shots that look kind of Picasso ish almost, where you get the. Like you get these weird, like abstractish yeah. versions of people. Like they have the one kid starts screaming, and then it cuts to this picture of like this really super abstract version of him with his eye just shooting out into arcs. Yeah, okay. And then the woman who heard things like does the same thing, and the shit's shooting out of her ears, and it's like yeah, this weird, yeah, yeah. bizarre Picasso background <laughs> thing. <laughs> Yeah, and that whole one is weird, too, because it has all the mannequins and stuff. Yeah, like, everybody in the background is just a mannequin. For for most of the time, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's only the characters that actually matter that are ever drawn, like, actual people. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really particularly like that myself, but did you... Did you it was just... You were okay with that, or...? I was okay with it, because it was just... It was, once again, was just what the hell am I even it was just the whole series like is constantly introducing new imagery and yeah even as it's kind of consistent in its visuals to an extent it's also just everything is new constantly you're, yeah it's always something different popping up and you go what the hell is this and just the whole weirdness of being completely different and unexplainable every time is it's kind of fascinating in its own way to me, but yeah, <laughs> stunning insights <laughs> stunning from Will insights. on the Silver Emotion <laughs> podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just, yeah. 
<laughs> We're gonna upgrade you to the Kool Aid Man. Just, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> get the O in front of it. My level of yeah. I just I don't know what to say. Yeah, I'm like yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I just I I had a hard time understanding why they were mannequins and why that was like I don't know. It's just kind of boring visually to me like yeah at the beginning like okay what's this and then it just keeps continuing it's like okay like what is what are they trying to do and i don't think i ever like really cracked that yeah i don't i don't think i ever cracked that either i'm not sure i was even trying it was just like there's a lot of this that i wasn't even trying to crack the whole series it was just yeah there's weird crazy shit awesome (laughs) yeah but it's more than i mean there's always there's like a reason there is there's always it's always tied into things. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think I was able to really fit together the mannequins except that maybe it was because they're trapped in this kind of train where like it's all an illusion. Yeah. There was something about them. They were dying, but then they said something about, Oh, we fucking saved them or some shit. Yeah. And there's the, and then that one part where the guy like wakes up and he's in the regular train with the regular people and everything's fine. And then you're like, huh? And then it goes back. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of get the feeling that that whole train thing was like this illusion created by the goblin cat to draw together all the people that, yeah, that makes sense. Wronged her. And so, uh, she's sucked them all into this, warped uh horror space uh, yeah yeah and so everyone else in there exists really only as an illusion to and they aren't really there they're just sort of i don't know that's the closest i can think of but i don't even think that's right really yeah i mean there's a part where the medicine man himself is a mannequin in there like that's true yeah it was like oh well he turned into a mannequin okay i get the feeling it was just like there to draw attention to the people that mattered but at the same time well, it was drawing attention to them i don't know it was kind of yeah weird. well it's definitely like the first when it first came up i was like okay those people don't matter so they're drawing them as mannequins and then my next thought was like well why wouldn't they just draw them as regular people they don't even have to animate them because they they do that sometimes in anime right, right. where it's just like they're just standing there and then you got you know your hero or whatever walking by or whatever so they could have done that they they draw things they can draw fast you know i don't know so it was like they made a choice to make these guys mannequins was it a choice of just like oh this will look cool i feel like there's more to it than that like it should mean something because the whole thing is like all about things meaning things and like uncovering stuff and so i feel like there's a reason but yeah i think uh i think like the sword i just kind of accepted it as something i wasn't understanding yeah and didn't necessarily need to understand to honestly that's the one of the only things that i really was trying to understand like (laughs) like the sword is the sword and i I don't. I never questioned it. It was just like, okay, right. this sword isn't really a sword. It's like this fucking beam of psychedelic light. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it sounds good. Right. I don't give a fuck. But the mannequins really bothered me because it was just like, yeah. And I was kind of trying to like think of it, and nothing was like specifically clicking. Yeah. So I was just like letting it roll, and right. like if I 
come up with something, I come up with something. If not, it's yeah, can't really destroy my brain trying to <laughs> tie things together. If it, there there was a point where I was thinking, oh, maybe it it is more reflective of what, like, because at first the mayor is there, he's this big part of it. I was thinking, like, oh, he doesn't see these people as people, yeah, and the only people he's seeing are these people who are important to him in some way, and that all the rest of the townsfolk are just there and it yeah. was, and so at first i was going oh maybe it's kind of representing that that he just doesn't see these people as people they're just objects in the way yeah i could see a mayor thinking that but then i don't really think that works it wasn't really yeah i don't know that that's it but maybe yeah i don't know way to look it, at was, it. it was it was an idea i had early on and then kind of dropped as the episodes went on and yeah like, eh, it's not really fitting right I wasn't really coming up with anything much better either so yeah my thing is I don't I don't care if I don't get it but I want to feel like there's something there that I just missed you know yeah (laughs) it's hard to describe like because like when something is presented like that the mannequins it's weird it's it's a it's a visual thing it's a very visual show Right. And so if it feels empty like a mannequin, <laughs> then I feel bothered by it. But so I try to like uncover it to, to not yeah. be bothered by it. Yeah. Cause th- there's gotta be some kind of reasoning behind it. On yeah. A creative level of like, for instance, 2001 is a good example. When I first saw 2001, I didn't know what the fuck to make of it, but I knew that there were things to make of it <laughs> if I right. dedicated myself. And so, I don't know that I feel that here with the mannequins, but maybe there is. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of feel that from all the previous episodes where I was seeing connections stylistically to themes and stuff, I feel like it's just something I missed. Right. I feel like there has to be because they're not they didn't just suddenly get lazy on the last (laughs) one and be like, I don't know, fucking mannequins, whatever. Yeah, especially on the (laughs) not only like the big climactic final one that is also the callback to its origin in this previous yeah anthology series that it, it right. just seems like they wouldn't have half-assed that no i don't yeah and it, because it's it's japanese thing maybe it's some japanese thing that we just don't get yeah, maybe culturally um i know there's a lot of stuff like that in in the world <laughs> yeah. so just have to chalk it up to yeah something we we just didn't figure out yeah and that's fine i don't yeah i just i would like to crack the nut yeah it's a it's a little mystery that remains to be solved yeah if any of the listeners have the solution to the mystery yes, yes. F- feel free to comment on the podcast comment in the form of of we need the form the reason and the truth <laughs> for the mannequins <laughs> I guess we got the form pretty much nailed. They're, they're, they're mannequins. mannequins. Yes, but, but we need the reason and the truth. Yeah. And then we can unsheath our fucking psychedelic sword of light. <laughs> Which, uh, and uh, figure yeah, it out. Yeah, we haven't even really gotten into that. That's his uh, process. That the, yeah, that's the, the process. The sword is locked in this awesome-looking sheath. Yeah. And, and it's just magically sealed, cannot be cannot use it can't do anything with it until it 
perceives the the form and the truth and the reason of a mononoke right and then with understanding of what that is it can banish it to whatever outer realms of reality yeah i don't know mononoke realm yeah whatever the hell place all the demons from the dark tower are coming from yeah (laughs) i was thinking of that because the the movie mentions it as being this thing that's outside the the circle yeah yeah so he's got to learn form reason and truth now did you feel like you understood what the form reason and truth was for each mononoke um i think so because I definitely did. <laughs> in, in in as far as I understand what he was even talking about by form, reason, and truth in the yeah. first place was well. That's what I mean. Like, like he explains it, and he the whole a lot of the the episode is like uncovering these things and then revealing them. But I don't know that I got any sort of like oh shit moments out of it because it was I was still trying to process yeah everything. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, mean, I think the form is its is perhaps the most literal one of just what the physical object is that is. Yeah. Going, okay. Yeah, they translated it as shape, but only like once, I think, <laughs> on the subtitles. And I think it was towards the beginning. It was like, okay, now they yeah. translated it as shape, and now it's back to form, <laughs> and it never went back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Somebody fucked up. Yeah, and then there's... The truth, I think, is the actual events that have happened, and then the reason is why. Like, so, what, what yeah. is the monster, what has it done, and why did it do it? Right. Um, in that sense, I felt like it was a, a mystery series, almost, as much as anything yeah, else. Yeah, he is kind of like a detective thing, and there is a, a, a definite vibe of, like, a Agatha Christie sort of gather the players and uh, you know fucking right clue sort of thing where it's just like okay somebody killed colonel mustard in the study <laughs> all right which one of you fucks did it and then we got to figure it out and you know right find all the evidence right. piece it together <clears throat> yeah there is a definite element of that for sure i do have to say that i was disappointed in that there were so many of them where it was it was like that where it was like okay now we're, we're he goes to a location there's a bunch of people there he gathers them they talk about a bunch of stuff and then he banishes the mononoke and then okay next thing and i mean that's like a long period of time that's like a very <laughs> <laughs> brief boiling it down but like right i i guess i wanted more uh more variety Mm. i just i don't know they all there was that's i think why some of them were running together because it's like okay which one is the one where they were all together doing this and (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i can see that that's kind of it's uh it's formula which perhaps even having a formula is good or bad depending on what you're doing, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it depends on the thing, I guess. Because the the incense one, I liked a lot. Right. The first that one was that one was probably my favorite, just because it. Yeah, that one's dope. It just has so much crazy 
weird shit going on and yeah just like the whole the dead guy being this weird mud monster that crawls around right, and right, like the yeah. faces coming out of the walls and the, yeah that one's cool it's just I think that's what I love the most about this series is just how much crazy shit goes on just weird things just yeah. occurring and it's like oh whoa okay <laughs> Yeah, the, the, that's what I don't like about the longer ones. Like, there were some that were three episodes and some that were two. Right, I right. generally liked the two-episode ones because um, I felt that the three-episode ones were both uh, too long, but also too packed with shit. <laughs> and so it became hard for me to like stay engaged. I have a hard time staying engaged with any kind of animation anyway. Cause it's like, I don't know. It's just, it just doesn't hit me in the same way that, that regular people do. But, um, I don't know. I don't know how, how to describe what I'm trying to say. Like I would, I could see all of them being a full length movie uh, and I'd probably like them better, even though I mm. don't like the length of the longer ones. I don't know how to, that doesn't make any sense. I know, but mm. that's all you're going to get. Still, <laughs> 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 so, so fucking capacitors in my brain are popping. <laughs> fucking overload. <laughs> I, I can see that happening with this series. It's definitely kind of grabs your brain and throttles it a, a bit but <laughs> yeah not visually though i'm fine with that stuff like the last one really bothered me because it was uh it did what you talk a lot about oh this thing is it, it was doing what i don't like in horror movies <laughs> well this last one did what i don't like in horror movies, oh. <laughs> which is the the group of fucking arguing people <laughs> I, i'm not into it I don't I don't generally like it. Movies that use it I'm not usually okay with. Mm. Um the one major exception being George Romero's Day of the Dead, the the third one. That is like nonstop fucking arguing, but it's there's a point to it. It's it's uh it's for a reason and, and that movie's awesome anyway, but mm. but uh, yeah, I don't like the arguing people and uh I don't know. That one had a lot of fucking arguing. <laughs> and they were all like, uh, that was another thing where it's like, it's anthology, so it's multiple stories. And each one would start and it'd be like, okay, now I gotta reinvest with new characters. I got. Because uh, <laughs> the, the, the one, the main guy is like, you don't really know shit about him other than he wanders around with his trunk of, of goodies and has a sword and that's right. basically it. And like, he's interesting and he's cool, but you don't, it's not about him. Right. He's, he's just, just there to do his right. job. And so I think that was disappointing. And then, so then like the, if the people in the thing weren't interesting to me, then it was kind of like fighting an uphill battle. Mm. So you had a bit of a mixed feelings on this one. Yeah, yeah. The last one was all right. The the first one, what was the first one? Um, oh, the abortion thing. Yeah, the that was cool. It was all right. That that 
it uh it left me like okay all right let's see what the next one is <laughs> what was the second the one? the second one was the boat the boat was there. cool i like the boat yeah one. i like that one that, that one's was, really good i like that a I lot a lot of weird crazy stuff too yeah the fucking fish dude with the uh the 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 loot or the yeah whatever the heck no it's, it's a fucking it has Biwa, a, that's the is that what they called it yeah it was it's this weird specific guitar kind of an instrument yeah well yeah they all there's a lot of those stringed japanese and chinese instruments and right they, I love the sound of them, and I wish I should know like what they are. I should learn. <laughs> There's a bunch of Chinese things like that, and it's like, man, I, I should know these by now, you know, after hundreds of fucking movies, yeah. but I still don't. But, uh, yeah, no, I like all that. I like that era of music and flutes and fucking whatever. What did you call it? It was the Biwa. Biwa. B-I-W-A. Good old Biwa. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I did love that scene, which was like this freaking what the fuck fish thing. Yeah, <laughs> He's sitting like there that. playing this guitar and just like, what are you afraid of? And then just strums it and right. makes this horrific illusion of it. And, yeah, that was awesome. And and the wood blocks. There's a lot of like clapping of the fucking oh, yeah, blocks. Yeah, yeah. I love that shit too. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the boat yeah. one's good. What's the uh, third one? Was the um, uh, the girl in the prison with the the yeah, mask monster? That was okay. That one was a weird one. I don't remember too much about it, so I must not have thought it was that great. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> Obviously, I f- totally fucking forgot about it. Yeah, I remember the mask thing being cool and being interested in it, and that like he takes off a mask and it's still a mask underneath it, and like I like that. But I don't remember too much about it. What you probably remember? What? Yeah. What's that, the? Uh, it was the girl who was in prison for murdering her family. That's right. And you keep seeing these images of them, like they're either chopped up or they've been hung from a tree, or it's like yeah. And so you don't really know what the hell actually happened to them. Yeah, and so you they they kind of go back like Rashomon, where it's like they show you a version of things and then you go back and you get like a little bit more information the next time and right and it sort of slowly it kinda, pieces it together yeah yeah that one was all right yeah it was it was it had a little bit less of just the crazy imagery yeah so it doesn't stand out as much i guess but yeah yeah and then you get the incense burning. Incense, one, is aw- yeah, that's that the which best. was tons of fun. And yeah, I like that one a lot. And Goblin Cat, which you didn't care for too much. It was all right. It was all right. I I fucking love that cat though. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that cat was awesome. And I mean, it starts with that cat walking down the railroad tracks, looking fucking awesome. And it looks like it has a fucking like a medical cone. Like yeah, it just like, got surgery. Yeah, and its ears all fucked up, and it's just like, yeah, fuck you, <laughs> walking down the train tracks. Like it doesn't give a fuck. I love that. So like, yeah, that was cool. And then to see like the 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 playing out of that story uh i was less than satisfied i wanted more cat i mean yeah, i don't yeah. there's not a lot of cat stuff going on in that 
Yeah, I guess. It's got like I mean when the when the train like it starts showing the outside and like all the mannequins suddenly have like cat faces or, or Yeah, but I mean like, like this like weird that swarm cat, of though. cats flying around. Yeah. It's 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 definitely a weird one. There's a lot of cat things like that, but I mean like that that specific, specific cat. badass cat. Like <laughs> I wanted to see that motherfucker like do some shit. I don't know what. <laughs> Sit there and wash his face for all I care. I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah, and that cat uh, was dope. And then doesn't he come back at the end? Where he does come like, back at the end. Fuck it, and he walks away. Like, and his his cone is gone. He has like a. Is it gone at the end? I thought he still had it. He has like a, it's like a purple cone. It's like the fucking like cat king or some <laughs> shit. Like he he. He's he, transcended the yeah. the I can't scratch my ear to right. this is my crown of glory. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like a, it was a triumphant sort of walk. Like he had been banished, but at the same time he was just like, yeah, so I fucking meant it. <laughs> I'm a cat. I don't know. It was cool. I like that cat. I just wish he was in it more. Yeah. And I like trains, but and so the train stuff is cool, but. Uh, I don't know, just the, the actual, the thing was just kind of less than interesting to me. Hmm. The, the the mystery or whatever. I don't know, it just seems kind of average. The journalist thing, oh, yeah. want to get the story yeah. out. Well, the higher-ups are going to quash the story. Like, I don't know, it's like, okay. I, I've seen that before, <laughs> and I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, uh, I and mean, for me, it was all just the weird imagery. Yeah, that I just fell in love with all of that crazy. Yeah, there's cool stuff, but I just I don't know. Overall, I don't know. I need that. I need that fucking. I need to be hooked in. Like the imagery's cool, no doubt. Yeah, I just need more than that. But like I said, like in animation, just in in general, is like mm, just doesn't. Well, and that's it's like, like fucking I don't know Akira or Ghibli movies or whatever. Like, it's no problem with those. I'm in it, and so I don't know if it's like a movie thing, or if I mean those are obviously like the top end, right? So, are they? Uh, better practitioners of the craft of storytelling or building characters or you know like the format of of the the series of any kind of series is like it's different than a movie right, so like right. the way information is communicated is different and so I like I'm just not as it attuned to the the TV arc I don't know I don't know Mm. But like the the teeth thing, I had no problem with that. I was in it. The characters, they're cool, yeah. you know. So I, I just feel like it's a, a specific sort of characters not really grabbing me. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Hmm. Yeah. And the Oddly enough, there's a lot of humor in here, too. Yeah. Like, you know, you get the weird 
scenes of, uh, you know, like that samurai guy and the incense burning one. Yeah. Just like he's smelling like, I don't know the difference. What the hell? And he's like, wait, I know this one. It's horse dung. And it's just like this images of the horses in the back. He's just like, what the hell? They're just like, he's just getting, you know, there's a lot of just weird stuff like that. Yeah. I like that kind of stuff. That reminds me of Hong Kong movies where it's like there's a tone and then there's also like comedy mixed in. Yeah, it was... Uh, break it up. And, and the Biwa player that we were talking about, like, you know, everybody's going through these horrible hallucinations, and the one guy's like, oh, seeing it all happen, he's like, oh, um, um, I'm afraid of, like, pastries, yes, that will... <laughs> it's like, that won't give me a horrible hallucination, and then, like, you just see him, like, miming eating pastries, like, oh, these are the... And he just looks at one and just starts vomiting, and they're just like, oh, I don't want to know what he saw. <laughs> Have you seen... The 80s movie Young Sherlock Holmes? No, no. That's a movie you got to see. Well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you like it. But anyway, I fucking love that movie. And so when he's talking about pastries, the first thing I thought of, was there, there's a scene in that movie. Um, the whole thing is there's these there's this like uh, these people with blow darts, and the blow darts make the person hallucinate. Mm. And so at this point, Kid Watson fat kid watson has been shot with a dart he's hallucinating he thinks he sees all these fucking pastries and so he starts like eating them but the pastries come alive and they sort of like attack him like he's fucking gulliver and they're like tying him to the fucking ground and they're all like stuffing themselves in his fucking mouth and shit it's awesome it's uh i've i've watched that movie so many times ever since i was a, a kid so like that kind of shit it's like one of those up in my brain fold sort of movies mm. it's cool i don't know like it's cool and there's all these effects sequences of the dreams and stuff um but it's also a mystery so i don't know if you would be into that or not hmm. well but uh yeah i have it so <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was into Mononoke, and that's a lot of weird hallucinatory dream true, sequences with mystery. So, <laughs> right. I think it, I mean it's a fun movie, so yeah. I, I feel like it's uh, worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. I think what I liked best about this series is just the visual style was something that I've always kind of wanted to see. Yeah, maybe not this specific way they've done it, but. I've always thought like, oh, I want to see like some ancient Japanese wall scroll story just animated. Like yeah. I want an anime that just looks like an old Japanese wall scroll. Yeah. And there have been a few that kind of come close and probably uh, Tale of Princess Kaguya is probably the one that's actually come the closest to yeah, visually one, doing yeah. what I want. But this one is like a close second in terms of, of yeah, this, doing that. Yeah, and this one's not, it doesn't look like uh, the Kaguya. Kaguya, what is it? Yeah, Kaguya. Yeah. yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't look like that, but it's similar in the same way that it's trying to replicate like an animated painting. Yeah, a, yeah. Kind of a thing. Yeah, there's, there's only a couple other things I can think of that even kind of try to do anything like that yeah and but mononoke is is like psychedelic yeah it's, it's very psychedelic <laughs> which, which is cool i, I also like, like yeah. so yeah, it, like, like it took this concept and it doesn't really do the whole 
ancient artwork kind of thing quite as I'd like, but then it just adds in the psychedelic layer. and Right. It seems of... like that's like the, the starting point. Like, okay, we're going to start on this style of classic art and build the layers of psychedelia up from there right, right. in a in a good way yeah it, it it does that all very very well yeah and for sure like even though like cg is used just constantly through there is it, a lot of cg but it it i don't know it makes it, sense yeah it, it doesn't feel out of place it no if anything seems to just kind of augment the the mood of the yes yeah, it seems fine seems fine yeah i had no problems yeah i guess if there's anything i had a little bit of issue with it in is there's kind of a filter they put over the whole thing where it's like crinkled paper oh yeah yeah and it's kind of like that kind of stands out sometimes and kind of distracts i think a yeah bit. but at the same time i kind of i i like what they were trying to do with it Right, and maybe they just didn't have any way to do that better anyway. But it, I kind of feel like I feel like if you took it away, like uh, all the way, it would look weird. It, it would. It, it's definitely doing something for it, but at the same time, yeah. it seems like maybe just a little too obvious or a little too. There were a couple out. times where it really stands out, and it's not. It doesn't really seem to add anything. It's just like, oh yeah. That's right. We're supposed to be looking at paper or whatever. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know, there, there's a few down. moments where it it it, it kind of got a little too noticeable. Yeah. But I do and like I kind of feel like there's some times where it's like the way it's used with not that there's a lot of panning shots, but they'll like look around and it like instead of looking over a piece of paper it's like the paper itself is moving around oh where they do that fucking where it's not animated it's just uh like i don't know even how to describe it <laughs> where it like it flashes uh, it's like there's frames missing or something it doesn't there are some actually weird, yeah, there are some weird times they do that too but i didn't like, like that and they did that like right at the beginning in the first few images i started doing that and i was just like oh god if i gotta watch a whole thing of this <laughs> i'm gonna have a seizure jesus I, yeah i had to kind of look away it was not i was not oh into yeah it. with all the like the umbrella people that you don't really see much of when she's just whatever they do where it's like it's not like when they would go down like there's something in the hotel where they're like going down the floors and instead oh, of just mm. going smoothly it goes mm. while the camera is still going down at the same time and it i don't know how to describe it but yeah there's there's some weird stuff like that no bueno i don't yeah. like it <laughs> yeah it's it's very experimental visual style so yeah like some I don't of know those if, experiments aren't going to work out to a success i guess but yeah i don't know if they did that because of it's like they didn't want to animate it like budget wise or yeah they thought it looked cool or whatever that, that's the but. usual explanation i give it but i kind of don't think so with this one i kind of think they were just trying for a yeah i think some of that is just because oh it's a horror we want to be disorienting and yeah, just maybe kind of I don't know. Build up the creepy vibe by having it jump around and a little incoherently. Yeah, you th you think it's uh, it's supposed to? You think they're playing on the uh, 
creep out, sort of scare the audience sort of thing, though, in this? I kind of got the feeling that's what it was going for, but I don't know. I mean, that never really works on me anyway, so yeah. I, I kind of had the feeling that's what they were trying for, and for me it was just like, oh, wow, it's this weird-ass zombie fish bird thing with the freaking... <laughs> yeah, because I don't know. I didn't, yeah. I didn't really get a like a scary vibe from it at all like it just felt like you're in this fantasy world and weird shit is happening but it didn't seem like there was a lot of uh, terror coming through the screen that was supposed to be palpable to the audience I don't know how to like it yeah I mean this is one of those things where I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. What do you mean by horror? It's like, you know, yeah, my like, ability to identify that, I don't trust at all. Well, it's but. definitely horror in the sense that traditional ghost stories and stories of monsters and things from Asian cultures are horror. Because right. there's like a ton of Hong Kong ghost story movies that are just like, if a, an American person saw them, they would say this isn't a horror movie it's just like a drama that has a ghost (laughs) (laughs) but they are like what a lot of uh, horror movies are and so in the same way this is very similar sort of it's not horror in an American sense but it's just definitely a story of of weird shit that is supernatural and right, is right. Uh, if you were going through it sh- would theoretically be scary but but uh, yeah it doesn't to me it didn't seem like they were actually going for a horror um, vibe in terms of scaring the audience it seemed more mm-hmm. like they mm-hmm. were trying to just present weird darker fantasy things hmm. kind of I mean, it feels very much like just kind of a Japanese horror kind of thing to me. But yeah, um, there's something I'd I'd heard of a comparison of this was actually a character in a video game, so I don't know how much oh, yeah. of a proper opinion it that counts as. But okay, <laughs> a character in a video game had this opinion. Had this opinion. Okay, <laughs> well, that's a new one. <laughs> Never heard that before. <laughs> All right, let's see what this character. And it was. Uh, just, uh, he was, this guy was talking about like the difference between American and Japanese horror and he was talking, like okay. American horror will just like jump out and just scare you with a big scary monster that's gonna it's it's this very visceral adrenaline pumping fear it can be and I don't like boiling down all of horror <laughs> to one thing right well this is what this guy was doing all right well I, have, I take issue with this video game character <laughs> Is a Japanese horror like it gets under your skin? It's like it just presents you with something that's just weird and creepy. Yeah, and it just disturbs you. It's not there. There, it's not physically scary. It's just kind of psychologically disturbed. And I, I agree. There is a lot of that in Japanese and Hong Kong Chinese horror, but there's also a lot of that in American horror as well. Mm. Like maybe not now i don't 
I don't have my finger on the pulse, nor do I want my finger on the pulse of, of modern horror. The few times you've put it there, it's, it's right, not been no, pleasant. No, that heart is not beating well. <laughs> Somebody needs to get the defibrillator out and <laughs> clear. Because <laughs> it's, yeah, that has an irregular heartbeat that I do not enjoy. Or perhaps a too regular heartbeat that is. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> a little like, too predictable. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if it's a reflection of the times where like modern modern uh, fears are terrorism and and torture and things like that. So then the movies reflect that. Mm. Uh, but it's also that just movies don't have a sense of fun anymore. Mm. Um, like I watched this '80s movie a couple days ago called Waxwork. I've seen it before. It's been a long time. One of the greatest VHS covers ever. It blew my mind as a kid, but I didn't see it until a while back. Uh, I don't know. I, I saw it as like a teenager, I think. Anyway, this movie is just like stupid fucking fun. And it's horror and it's comedy and it's just like a whole fucking... It's just enjoyable people are dying a guy gets his head fucking stomped but it's like i don't know yeah that part's kind of horrific but the rest of the movie is like a fucking laugh riot it's like, i don't know anyway it's the kind of movie that you see and you go wow that's an 80s movie <laughs> nobody would make a movie like that now and like my problem is that those are the movies that i want to see <laughs> and so they just don't make movies like that and like the comedy the horror comedies that they make now are like they're more oh, fuck <laughs> like i don't even want to talk about it because i just parodies hate. i guess it's just like um they're all sadistic like any kind of horror most horror movies now are sadistic or i see them as sadistic or we're supposed to revel in the gore and the gore looks real and the like the new puppet master is a good example that new people that are not full moon made a puppet master movie mm. and it's getting reviews that are either rave reviews or this is a piece of shit. <laughs> and so the key difference between the two series is that the new puppet master has taken the puppets and the puppet master and made them Nazis. And so then every time they kill somebody, it's a person of color or a Jew. You know, it's it's mm. some fucking hate crime. And so okay, right? In the in the old Puppet Master movies, they are Nazi fighters. So like when Blade kills a Nazi, you're like, Yeah, get that fucking Nazi. But then in the new movie, you're like Blade is killing a pregnant black lady and the gore is physical effects like classic movies should be like fucking 80s movies and stuff mm -hmm. and so at some level you're like oh wow look at all that physical effects but it a looks way more real than 80s movies and b it's presented in a way that you're supposed to be like enjoying it 
and it's like how am i supposed to enjoy this watching a nazi kill a black lady that's pregnant like and so the types mm. of horror fans are the types generally like me that's like the horror died in the early 90s <laughs> and movies can't be fun anymore and then the people that think that that type of horror movie is fun and they don't see the sadistic element of it and they just say like yeah that's just fun it's fucking killing a lady and like that's one of my very fundamental problems with modern horror is that they're almost all sadistic and I'm supposed to be enjoying the sadism hmm. and I don't like that <laughs> um, where where we got down that rabbit hole I don't remember but you were talking about a video game character yeah I think that's how we got down the rabbit hole that had the, the opinion of that and so I'm gonna ask you what is this video game character um I think he was a dude hanging outside a movie theater in one of the persona games oh okay so he it was because in that game you're kind of wandering around the town yeah one of the things you'll do is go and see movies and oh okay so do you actually watch things or do you just go in and just come out uh, you go in it kind of gives like maybe about I think like five, ten second like sound clips and a, a shot oh, of you okay. in the theater munching popcorn or something. Yeah. And then you'll like talk about the movie a bit like, oh, I like this part of the movie. Huh. Da, 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 and then you walk out. And Do you have a choice of movies? Um, yeah, yeah. Depending on the game, maybe. I, I think they've... It's been a while since I've played the older ones, but... Yeah. I think it was Persona 3 that this guy was in. But... I know in Persona 5, you do have, like, a choice of a couple of different movies. And huh. it changes, like, depending on what day you go in and whatnot. Yeah. It'll have. And it changes, because I don't, I never played any of those. So, like, you're building up your Persona or whatever. So, you're, like, yeah, it kind of like, like you, if you choose a fucking romantic comedy, you get different points. Yeah, than like, the romantic comedy kind of thing would, like, increase more of, like, a charisma kind of a thing. Whereas, yeah. like, if you go into, like, an action movie, it might make you more brave or something. Yeah, so, okay, it, like, okay. it affects more of, like, your mental, social stat stuff. Yeah, but it does affect. Stuff. Yeah, it does. You, you actually use it to build up your character's okay, stats cool. in, in his, his social stats where he interacts with other people. And yeah. As opposed to the the monster slaying stats, which are built up differently. But Okay. There's a bit of a divide there in that in that series. But Those are only on PlayStation? Um, as far as I know, there might... I don't know, unless... Steam's got a hold of some of them or something. I don't they know, don't. But. They don't. But I, I, I just got into this. Uh, Sony has a has a service called PlayStation Now. <laughs> that's a streaming service, and you, you hook up a controller, a PS4 controller to your computer, and you have this little program, and you and it has like this whole library of of mostly PlayStation exclusive games. Um, but there's other stuff too, and so it's like, like um, all these games that I wanted to play, I was like, oh shit, I can play them on this thing, and so then I I tested it out, and it's like amazing, it it works, like wow, it's crazy, so hey. it's uh, so maybe one of those is is on there, yeah, maybe because I I think that series has been pretty 
steadily on the PlayStation. There were like rumors that Persona Five was going to come out on the Switch or something, but the Switch, as okay. far as I know, that hasn't happened. Uh, for real, just a rumor. But just a rumor. Well, I don't know. So this guy hangs out outside the movies, and he's he's yeah, got this opinion. Yeah. Yeah, he occasionally talks about like whatever movie is showing in the theater that oh, day. Okay. Like, uh, are they whatever genre it is? Are they a, based on real movies or? Um, sometimes I guess I'm I'm again going back to Persona Five because that's just the most recent one in my head. But yeah, um, that's the newest one. Yeah, there there's some weird like there was kind of like goofy like parodies of what like it's more like parodies of a very typical genre film. Okay. Um, so they'll have like weird, like kind of like a superhero one that you see in the like screaming, bizarre, like generic superhero lines, but like about like cake thieves or something. It oh, just okay. like, weird. like it just throws in some little goofy element <laughs> just to make it like silly and weird, but still within uh, right. the, the recognizable genre of huh. a, a typical plot line you might see yeah, in that yeah. genre of movie or something. Huh. Well, any inclusion of movies has me intrigued. It'd <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> be a very uh, Shenmue, very, very light <laughs> layer of uh, yeah. in terms of just walking around the town and talking to people and yeah, yeah. doing everyday things because you've got an everyday life. Right. Yeah. Shenmue fucking... It's the first game that did all that stuff. Yeah. It gets no respect. (laughs) No fucking respect. Well, hopefully it gets some more respect, but... When did Shenmue first come out? Was that 99? Or Uh, 2000? It must have been like... I think 2000. 2000. Because Dreamcast came out in 99. It was 9999 was the the release date. I think in Japan, and then uh, Shenmue either came out 2000 or 2001. Okay. Uh, and the second one came out, like, the next year. So I'm kind of curious, because I know Persona 3 was when it kind of adopted this whole uh, yeah. style of gameplay that it's been using for the past few games. Yeah. And the first two games were on the PlayStation 1, and they were not like that. They were more yeah traditional RPG kind of stuff. And so I was trying to, like, I'm not too familiar with Persona 2. I need to see how that one actually works still. But, um, yeah, because Persona 2 was a very late PlayStation 1 game. So it came out, I think, like 2000-ish. So yeah. I was trying to piece that with the Shenmue when they came out. Because they must have come out came out right around the same time. Yeah, I want, I want to say it was 2000. <clears throat> I don't know when the Japanese release date was. It was probably before the, the U.S. one because I don't think they were releasing things day and date or anything like they probably do now. Right. But uh, even now, yeah. I think a lot of Japanese games take a little bit to come out. Oh, okay. Certainly for RPGs because there's so well, much yeah, translation gotta, that's got to yeah, go on. That's true. I want to say 2001, but I could be wrong. And then the second one was 2002. That sounds right. Hmm. That sounds right. But I don't know. I w- hmm. What year is it? 2018? I remember thinking, like, it's been 18 years. That this. I remember thinking, like, oh, it's like 18 years. But I don't know if I actually looked it up. <laughs> Or, or if just, I just assumed, like, yeah. Yeah, it was around that time. Huh. 
I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's got to be like I would say it'd have to be too. I mean, the Dreamcast didn't live too long. <sighs> don't say it like that. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> it didn't have a very long active development. This time. this is still an open wound <laughs> still, to me. Still, <laughs> the Dreamcast still is hasn't a, scarred over and no, a, it never a dull will. ache. No, it never will. I I love the Dreamcast with. Every bit of my being, and I always shall. It is yeah. the best c- console ever. Is oh, fucking wow. amazing. Ever. Mm. Ever. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. The, I mean, yeah, it's awesome. I love it. I love Dreamcast. Um. Yeah, I just played the first one again. The remaster came out, and then I played the first one. It's just amazing. <laughs> it's so good. It's so fucking just good. as good as ever. Fuck yeah! If not more better, <laughs> more better. Because like there was, uh, I never noticed how how sad of a game it is. <laughs> like it's so, it's like Rio has to go on this this journey of vengeance, but but like everybody in his life is just like don't throw your life away you're 18 like you don't have to do this <laughs> and he's just like no i'm fucking doing it and so at when i was like 18 or 19 first playing this i was just like yeah fuck it we gotta fuck up londy <laughs> and now this time like being older and playing it i was just like oh man you are you're throwing your life away <laughs> and i was just and it and i don't think it's I think it's intentional. Like it's supposed to be a thing where you're thinking about it because it comes up all the time, and huh. I just never really paid attention to it. I guess, and uh, there was a point when Yu Suzuki basically gave out like the arc of the series. Mm. <laughs> like I don't because he didn't think he was gonna ever get to make the third one, which is still not gonna finish it. But like, um he just basically laid it out like this is the beginning this is shimu 2 this is uh the next part and then it would end here or whatever and like so having that knowledge in my head too like makes me look at the game a little bit differently like it's not specific it's just sort of broad right things that he said but it just makes me look at it like wow this is like this game is so much better than anything <laughs> I've ever fucking played. This is so good. It's so fun, so endlessly enjoyable. I don't know. I love myself some Shenmue. <laughs> Clearly. I <don't> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I love that shit. So I, I'm very excited to play the second one again. Yeah, I'm taking a little break. I, have to, I can't just power yeah. through. It's too much yeah, for yeah. me. And then someday actually get the third. The third one is less than a year out now. Yeah, it's, it's uh, August. They dated it. Um, yeah. They dated it in August. It was like whatever day they they set the date, it was just like one exactly one year from today. It was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the remaster came out like around that same time. So then it's like I was playing that for a while, and now I'm in playing a different game and then I'll play Shimu 2 and by the time that's all done it'll be like 2019 yeah and 
and then it's You'll just like fuck. Get it's another only game like, through, and then yeah, it's like get three. Yeah, I'm. I swear, I, like when I start part three, I'm probably just gonna fucking cry. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't that. There's just something so emotional about those games. Like they're so. Like, I feel like I know those fucking people, and the town is so well realized. Like, you're walking around his town, and it's like all of those people. Like, I feel like I know them. It's so fucking weird. And, like, <laughs> like it, it sounds like uh-huh. I'm a crazy person, but, like, I feel like uh, it's such a special game, and just it deserves like way more credit than it gets like it gets a lot of shit like oh whatever fucking it's not action packed enough but they're like missing the point there's so much fun stuff in that game I don't know Hmm. I'm gonna have to start my Shenmue podcast where I just rave about (laughs) fucking Shenmue just clip all the little parts out of the podcast so far (laughs) that have been about Shenmue That'll be the first episode. Uh, yeah, well, I'd just... be glad to talk some more about it. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't even need to do that. I don't know. Anyway, we're talking about this uh, Mononoke, Princess Mononoke. How <laughs> how did you like it? Uh, so do we, do we have more things to say about? Oh, more. We to probably say. have some more things to say. Oh, I probably do if I can pull them out of my head somehow. Well. Uh, I mean, let's see. I don't know. It's a, uh, it's very fun, for me anyway. I just even having seen it before, it's yeah. Kind of like everything feels just so weird. Yeah, it seems like a fun thing to um, like. You could revisit it. That's kind of kind of what I, I love about fantasy is seeing weird shit that I've yeah. not seen anywhere else. Yeah. That's kind of my whole goal, my objective is to see new weird shit. Yeah. Like the the enterprise but in a fantasy world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just explore new worlds and right, new right. civilizations. The if it's something completely weird I just enjoy the fact that I've not seen it before. Uh-huh. So that's yeah. The, this one is definitely unique in that yeah, way. So it's uh, so I will always just love it just for that for being so completely its own thing. Yeah. No. It is. It is really cool for that, and I. That's one of the the best aspects of it. Like if it was just normal looking, I'd probably still like it because certain elements of it are still cool. But like. I don't know that that visual style is, uh, is a large part of why it's compelling right. and like interesting to watch. Yeah, it's just there's always something crazy going on, and it's it's very elaborate. Like everything, even mundane things, often look very like gaudy and yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of little details and stuff. Like you're you're just in this hotel and it's just got like the the walls are just like painted with these crazy designs and yeah, yeah. like they go into this old storage room and it's like this freaking like luxury suite. (laughs) Yeah, like yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was just kind of funny just how like everything in there is just this really elaborate, just highly decorated 
weirdness. Yeah. Until I guess maybe the goblin cat stuff isn't. That's more uh, mundane. It, yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there is a lot of stuff like that. I mean, and part of that is just the time yeah, shift. The, yeah, it's suddenly in a more uh, not really modern, but like a industrial era. Yeah, instead of, uh, the influence of the West. Yeah, it's kind of a different era of muting time. the the Japanese colorful culture. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of wonder if because uh, you get the end of the incense one where it's because that's this really. Like, as much as it's muted colors because it's using the incense to bring color in and out of things. But right, that's still a very, like, decorated, vibrant place. It is. And then at the end, it's like, it turns out, oh, it's really just this haunted, run-down, right. <coughs> ancient manor. Yeah. And it's kind of like, that's where suddenly, then you go from that into the Goblin Cat, where everything is this kind of industrial. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. as if, like, all of these previous things were maybe not as uh oh yeah maybe glorious as they that's possible that it's all a bit more uh metaphysical than yeah first glance that happens a lot in in shaw brothers ghost movies where they'll uh like a ghost will come in contact with a human and they'll say like oh come over to my house or go to the fucking casino or whatever the fuck and then they Mm -hmm. go and it's a grand time and everything you know is like amazing and then later they're like oh you know come with me friend <laughs> check out this place that i went to with this this person last night and then they go and it's like this fucking shithole that's all derelict and cobwebs everywhere and they're like wait yeah. a minute how, how could this be <laughs> and then they realize like oh shit that was a ghost Ooh, <laughs> creepy <laughs> uh, so i enjoyed that part of the the incense thing yeah as a, I also like it just because it shows the end. And it's like the entire mansion is just like filled to the brim with gravestones. Just like yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. you can't even walk through it. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> like wall to wall, just freaking gravestones. And we're like, whoa. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. it's a cool series. I, I enjoyed it. I'm interested in seeing that first series. Too. Yeah, yeah. I, I I remember when I first watched this, I was like big into tracking it down and i guess it's like it was out of print and wasn't like immediately easily grabbable and then then it just kind of lost track of it but yeah i i did look it up and they're all it was released in three volumes each story had its own dvd and each one is relatively expensive right there is a i did see a region four thing that has all three stories it was like 25 bucks or something but uh you would have to be able to play region four yeah um, so that would be the the downside to that, <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, that might. Uh, yeah, that's probably why I didn't get them at the time, as they were just too expensive or something. Yeah, it's just, it just seems crazy to me. Like, I mean, I get it. It's a it's a niche thing that you know, if people don't buy it and then it goes out of print, then. Yeah, it just becomes then, hard to track you down. Know, as but... time goes on, especially like with Mononoke is is available. Yeah, that one might still be in print, even I imagine. Yeah, that yeah. When I was looking, I saw that one. It's still out, relatively cheap and in print and just readily available. So it's mm-hmm. it's like with that there, then people look and they're like, oh, there was this thing before. 
and then so I want this thing and then the the values go up yeah I think also in that I realized that uh, it wasn't going to use the the same visual style it was going to be more of a traditional animation it wasn't yeah I don't know I don't know if the the medicine seller one is weird or if it's uh, yeah I got I got the feeling from what I was looking at of it that it was going to just be more traditional looking anime yeah that kind of uh, softened my your excitement need for it. to yeah. have it and then i was like oh god it's expensive that's eh, probably going to be a normal animation which is fine right, but right it's like part of what i loved about this was just how psychedelic and well it might it might uh it might surprise you you never it know. might it might you never know but if, you know, maybe it's, it's always s- better to go in with lower expectations well, this is true yeah you and don't then... want to be like this is amazing. I want some psychedelic <laughs> visuals right now. <laughs> and then pop that in and be like, oh, right. it's not good enough. Right, right. Yeah, I don't want to go in with that attitude. So For sure. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm curious yeah. for sure. Maybe it's on streaming or something. Yeah, that was... Hmm. Maybe. I'm sure there's some way to bootleg it if need comes, but... <laughs> Yeah, you could. <laughs> I'm you could. sure that that's always a possibility. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, you could get the Region 4, and I could, I can remove that by copying the discs if you yeah. really want to <laughs> get down to it. But um, the Silver Emotion Podcast does not condone any piracy. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I just... It's we, we prefer to do things properly and give yeah, the creators cl- their due. Yeah, and clearly. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm surrounded by a thousand DVDs. Um, yeah, no, I wish it was available. I don't, I don't understand. I understand why certain things aren't available because, like, rights expire, speci- especially right. things that are being being acquired from overseas yeah, or whatever. and that's generally the case with anime. But, it's, like, I don't know. Fucking get that shit out there. Yeah. Especially if it's... If it's... It's got a... You know, to make a... It has a master. It has subtitles. Like... It'd be an easy process just to... Just throw it up onto some kind of streaming thing or iTunes or whatever the fuck. Right. And then it just sits on a server and then you just make money. <laughs> you know? I don't know. The company who who put it out, like the original production company, just get it up yeah, there. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Get your shit together, publishers of the <laughs> world. <laughs> I just, I don't, like, uh, movie scores are a very small niche releases of, of mm-hmm. CDs right. and stuff. And it's like they'll put it out on CD and it'll be 500 copies for the world. It's like, okay, great. Now I missed it and now it's ridiculously expensive because there's only 500 copies for a billion people on the fucking (laughs) earth. Like, okay, why don't you just put it up on the fucking iTunes and then I can buy it? And you would have just made 10 bucks, but but no. Yeah, like, I don't, shit like that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it's like with digital distribution now, it's it there shouldn't be such a huge barrier to yeah. things that it still exists. I get like have a limited edition and it's unique and that's cool. Yeah, I mean, and that's fine. But yeah, like, that's, that's fine. I mean, if there's a small market for it, you know, maybe print that 500 physical CDs for the people who actually need to have a physical right, copy because right. they just 
really want a physical copy, but yeah, if it's at least on iTunes for anybody else, it's not really costing you any distribution there. To right, once you get it up, it's up, and then you just wait for the fucking checks to roll in. You know, yeah. it's it's like it's not hard. I don't know, yeah. especially if it was the the actual right hold, rights holders doing it. Come yeah, on, man, get your shit together. It's, it's just kind of stuff bothers me. It just seems like it's it's not that hard. <laughs> right. Get it together. You'd think with this technological marvel of an age we live in, right? we'd be able to do that better. But Yeah, I mean, it is better than it used to be. You know, it's like there's a ton of stuff out there, but... Yeah. If nothing else, you can, if nothing else, you can at least know that it exists. Which in like the '80s and '90s, you might not even know something existed. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's part of the problem is that you know it exists and you can't have it. Right. It's like if I didn't know about this, I would be happier. And then then you get into the the Buddhist uh, the way of looking at things. The uh, what are the four noble truths? You know about that? The uh, suffering is part of life it's uh, fuck i can't remember what it is it's like yeah, I'm suffering is inevitable and suffering comes from the 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 want of things or or just comes from desire in general and like uh i, I don't know it's dope though yeah, it's, I've, it's, I've probably heard it before and just not remembered it in that way it's dope. As you're describing it, I'm like, yeah, that sounds like Buddha, Buddhism. That's that's sounds like everything I know about Buddhism, right there. Yeah, it's really but, cool though. It's it's about like detaching yourself from that kind of any kind of wants or any like I don't know. It's more than just like right, things right. you need, like food and fucking water. I don't know the basic shit, and then everything else is just like, yeah, well. You're bringing on the suffering by wanting this thing, and not just like a physical thing, but just anything it can be. Anything. Yeah, any desire is. Yeah, it's really cool. I like it. I apparently don't like it enough because I don't remember every fucking step, <laughs> but I I enjoy it. And uh, yeah, it's been been a long time since I had that world religion class. But yeah. yeah, well, I've I've I keep going back to that. Like uh, every once in a while, I, I'll read some buddhist uh, dalai lama stuff or i really like martin scorsese made a movie called kundun it's about the early life of the current dalai lama mm. and how he was like selected and it's all shot in tibetan with subtitles or i don't remember what the, the language is tibetan mm. is not a language i don't think but it's a place <laughs> it is a place in china and yeah. uh so maybe they're speaking chinese but i don't think so anyway it's all in subtitles and it's a really good movie <sighs> anyway yeah. i like it yeah, was, was something else i was gonna say about mononoke and this especially struck me with the uh the goblin cat but there's kind of traces of it in the earlier ones where he's, when he does draw the sword and yeah. he's confronting the Mononoke and banishing it. And yes. You usually don't see much of anything with that. The Goblin don't. Cat is the only one where you actually really see a, a real fight with it. Yeah, the there's not really a, yeah, there's. But it's... it kind of struck me in that moment of like the, uh, 
the Hong Kong black magic movies where the you yeah. have the like the that Buddhist dude and uh, and he's fighting the black yes, magic yes. dude from like across the country and they're like shit like it just reminded me of like a magic battle of, yeah, yeah. from those of just like the wizard battle yeah like the good old <laughs> wizard battle it was just kind of like oh this is kind of like a, a wizard battle it is from... it is similar yeah yeah because it's not like a physical fight and it's in that psychedelic realm with that fucking sword and all that right and it's not it's not like he whips out the light sword and it's like a fucking lightsaber fight it's <laughs> it's so abstract and and just more um uh, it's like more impressionistic than anything where you just yeah, kind of get yeah. this sort of images and you're like, yeah, I, I get what happened, but I don't know exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, it's another anime that sort of does that was, um, Dagger of Kamui. There was, uh, yeah. This weird ninja battle where there was, it was Oh, really, where it's like flashings. Yeah. Things. It was kind of in the middle of the movie, like fights these three ninjas and they've, each got their weird little powers and he's <coughs> yeah i just wanted to keep in the podcast right yeah <laughs> why not it's a riveting audio yeah <laughs> oh, silver motion patented riveted audio riveting audio riveted audio <laughs> we, just stapled, we just stapled this shit together <laughs> <laughs> fucking rivet gun out I'm gonna rivet this audio oh what a dumb fuck that's <laughs> uh, <laughs> how we put these things together yeah yeah well that yeah that's why yeah we do it and then i i rivet it over the week <laughs> and then it comes out fully riveted <laughs> oh man uh, yeah i think that's uh those were my major insights on the series. All right. Well, you liked it? Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. Did you like it more this time? Uh, I think about the same. About the same. Uh... You weren't, uh, like, you've seen all these things before. It's not a new thing to see. Right, right. Still, so it still st captured it your was still imagination. Still very vivid and and intriguing all right, all right. It, it's been long enough that i wasn't like completely clear on everything so it was still like <laughs> yeah you were like and here's the fish guy <laughs> there he is yeah but it, it was i think it was just that perfect length of time where i remembered enough about it to be excited for what was coming oh okay but not really clear on exactly what was going on so i was still like oh what was going on i know there's that freaking like fish thing with the guitar yeah, yeah. what was oh here it is yeah <laughs> this is gonna be awesome i don't remember exactly what it was doing but it was really cool and then he does it and it's really cool and it's just like yeah, yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah that is cool so it was it was kind of that perfect time gap for me where it was yeah. still like it was refreshing my memories that had gone away but still like had enough in there to know that i was gonna like what was gonna come right right so all right well i enjoyed it as well yeah and if you were uh, a, a little down on certain parts but yeah but i would still say it's uh it's a worthwhile thing to watch right. i'm definitely intrigued to see the, the previous thing i uh 
I like the horror anthology sort of thing. I've come to like it. I didn't like it when I was a kid, but I enjoy it now quite a bit. Mm. Um, and I might, I don't know, I might like that more because it's not the same guy in each one, I think. Mm. I don't know, but yeah. then who knows? Maybe the other ones are dumb. <laughs> Maybe they have a <laughs> dumb <laughs> character that I don't like, so who knows? Yeah, yeah. who knows? Who knows? But yeah, that's, that seems to be how Japanese, the the TV shows anyway, of anime horror kind of tends to be sort of like that in that you've got kind of a central character yeah through which to see a variety of different stories like it's a it's fairly common in in terms of the tv series Hmm. at any rate i'm thinking hell girl is very similar in that hell girl hell girl wow yeah so it's about some girl who uh drags people to hell okay and like she, uh, that one's kind of a weird one. That one throws computers into it because the, like there's some website you can go to and type in a curse of somebody you hate, and Hell Girl will come and drag you and them to hell oh, together. Wow. Like you have to sacrifice your soul to hell in wow. order to condemn someone else to hell too. So you have wow. to really freaking hate them enough. And so wow. she, so she, it's basically her, and she gets these emails and like oh, all right time to go fuck up <laughs> these people's fuck, life <laughs> a fucking email in hell. So, yeah okay. i don't know it's kind of weird it's, it's a weird series it sounds but, japanese <laughs> yeah so it's uh <laughs> so it's always through this kind of emotionless quasi demon girl yeah is this central character mm-hmm. even though like the medicine seller she has no proper identity per se and it's about the other people oh okay and so it's it's a very similar in, in format in that sense. Yeah. Um, there was some other one. I can't remember the name of it. Something about darkness, which was kind of similar to that. Not not quite the same because it wasn't like there was an actual main character who had a personality and was. Oh, okay. But he like kept running into these same uh, weird like mysterious guys who were doing weird creepy shit and horror hmm. stories going I can't can't remember the freaking name of it it's been a while well must not have been too good yeah something of darkness something of darkness yeah I'd, I'd have to I'd have to look into that and figure out what the actual title was but hmm. that was a horror series I'd seen a while ago and it's kind of so there's there's kind of just that similarity that there's the TV shows in horror are these anthology series yeah. that have some kind of central character that goes through them and witnesses all of it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It would be hard to do a, a horror series that is long. <laughs> right, right. Like, I, I mean, the they say that Walking Dead... You know, it's a zombie show, so it's... Oh, it's horror, but that show is not a fucking horror show. It's... (laughs) Like, it has horror elements in that there are zombies and there's a lot of gore and stuff like that, but, like, Mm -hmm. the actual show is just, like, any fucking, like, soap opera drama. It's not, like, a horror show. Right. I I mean, it's fine. It's it's just... I don't like when people call it horror. But it has zombies. It is therefore defined as horror because it has zombies. (laughs) This is true in the the grand scheme of 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 society. But but, but 
I take issue with it. Yeah. Myself. Like uh, calling Star Wars a sci-fi. Or... Right. Like, yeah, that is totally not a sci-fi. To me, that's like fantasy adventure that yeah. just happens to be in space. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely sci-fi elements, of course, but there's no actual like science right. to <laughs> fictionalize. So it's just, you know, magic in yeah, space. I kind of feel like science fiction, to be proper science fiction, is about how science and technology affects your life. Yeah. Or, or could affect your life in some way. And yeah. If you, you aren't doing that, it's not really sci-fi. And then, yeah, Star Wars does not exactly even superficially explore how technology affects no, they people's don't lives. Fuck. It's no. just it's there fucking, as a backdrop. Yeah, it's Flash Gordon. Yeah. They have fucking light swords. Nobody gives a shit about the science. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they give a shit about it slicing arms and stuff. Yeah, no, it's not about that. And so, yeah, but people lump it in because it's like, oh, they have a spaceship. It's Therefore, it's sci-fi. sci-fi. <laughs> like, oh, okay, no, but whatever. I get you what you're saying. Yeah. You can be wrong. That's okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's where uh, Roger Zelazny can be more interesting in that. In that he he deliberately attempts to blur the lines between yeah. sci-fi and fantasy. Yeah. In writing stories that will you you could say this is science and that this is all done through science, or you could yeah. just be fantasy. And he, he really tries to blur the lines on huh. that. And, and he's intentionally doing it. It's not just, right. <clears throat> oh, I happen to do this thing and it's got fantasy element. No, it's, it's, he wants it to be yeah. read by in either way and function huh. in either way. It's interesting. I should read some of that Yeah, just to see where I fall. Maybe I think, like, it's, this isn't science fiction. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> if anything, I think, at least with... Uh, Lord of Light is the big one that he did. That's Lord of Light. That sounds like some fucking fantasy shit. Yeah. If anything, <laughs> I feel that one is almost more sci-fi than fantasy. I feel like really because that sounds fantasy as a motherfucker. It, it's it, Lord and it's, of it's, Light. It's about Buddha. Oh, okay. And it, it's about sci-fi Buddha in space. Sci-fi Buddha in space. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. So. <laughs> like I said, it's it's he's deliberately trying to make it work. Is this a hippie era book, like sixties? Probably, or, yeah, probably. S- sounds like that's, something that's, that, that was, was his heyday was okay. like the sixties and seventies. I think sounds like a, a an idea that would come out of those yeah. times. Yeah, he was uh, <laughs> not necessarily in a bad way. Just yeah, like, no. I've I've always loved his stuff. So yeah, yeah. Lord but of he Light. Was, but he was also he was writing right up into the nineties. So oh, okay. He had a, to, but he's he's got a lot of weird stuff. A lot of it is out of print and hard to find, unfortunately. But, yeah. But Lord of Light, I think, is still in print. That's one of that's like one of his biggest. Yeah, books I feel like I've seen that. That stayed in print pretty consistently for a while. I think. Hmm. Well, I'm curious uh, to read the uh, the book that he did with uh, Phil Dick because. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's he's uh, that one's cool. Phil Dick is a unique type of sci-fi, and I don't even know that I can explain it, but almost all of his stories, in a similar way to, like, Clive Barker, all of his stories share, share like, a lot of base elements 
to the way that he constructs worlds and things, but they're all like completely different. And mm. so Phil Dick's things are like a main character who questions his own reality. And like how he manifests that in the book is is completely different in each book. And as he gets more and more uh, towards the end of his life, he gets more and more like into fucking with the reality more and more. And like, mm. I don't know, it's it's really cool. There, it, Like some of the early ones are very much on the fantasy side. And then mm. um, the later ones get super like crazy science fiction but also metaphysical like religion based and all kinds of weird like god and aliens and all this shit is mixing and it's really huh. cool yeah, well, um, i'm wondering where that book hits in his career i have no I'm idea not sure when it came offhand. out or when phil was actually active i want to say that that the the book with zelazny is 80s and he died like in 81 so hmm so right at the end of his... I'm pretty sure it's towards the end, but it could be like yeah, because it's 70s. Because it's definitely about God. Yeah, and it it's gets this weird, it's this weird post-apocalyptic. Yeah, there's this right, well. God ruling the world. He's a God of wrath. He's just this angry God of just fucking everything up. And he's <laughs> all right. And there's this whole religion to him, but then it just starts getting really weird. So. Well, he was always interested in religion, so there's elements of that going all the way back to like his short stories, because he wrote all of his short stories, then he started writing novels, and then it's all novels from that point forward. Mm, okay. And so there's religious stuff throughout, but like the the reli- he becomes more and more obsessed with religion as time goes on, mm. and so he becomes because at in the mid 70s he had like this religious experience and then everything after that is like he's trying to like figure that out (laughs) Mm. and so there's books like basically like where phil dick is a character trying to figure out this vision that he had and he like is talking to other characters and it's it's wild very very yeah i've always wanted to read more of his stuff i've only read like a couple of things of his he's fucking awesome i I have not read a bad book, and I've read probably 20 or 30 books. I don't know, mm. at this point. Yeah, I think I can kind of say that about Zelazny, so. Yeah, oh, yeah I don't think yeah. I've read 20 or 30, but I've read a lot. read probably just about all the short stories that are published by him, and a good chunk of novels. Yeah, well, he's one of those guys I've wanted to check out, but. Yeah. Well, well to, yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to trade off. Yeah, books. Right, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. The library here probably has has a, a fair selection yeah, I, too. I imagine they have almost every Phil Dick book, at least the ones I look for. They have. <laughs> <laughs> I I only have a few myself. So yeah, yeah. I think the only the only books of his I've read, I think, are are that one with Zelazny and. Um, uh, do androids dream of electric sheep? No, oh, okay. Or there's Blade Runner, big, as they yeah, right, now right, refer yeah, to it. Yeah, but <laughs> there's a whole big religion thing in that mm. that they didn't put in the movie. Um, everybody's going to off world, and then there's the religious people, and they cut all that shit out. And that's mm. part of the like the coolness of that book. But yeah, I remember that book being really good. So yeah, it's fucking awesome. It's awesome. 
Well, yeah, the, the, I think we've gone, we've we've met our tangent quota for the podcast for sure. Yeah. Another wonderful insight from Will. <laughs> As you've come to expect from me, just a good yeah. Yeah, I think we're getting what close to two hours on this thing. I don't think it's that long. Has it been that long? Jesus Christ! Maybe half of it about Mononoke. God. All right. Well, fuck it. Adios. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>